This is a Think Live Be production. Are we recording? Yeah. Well, sorry guys, we had a great first intro, but it was it had sound. to do with Kayla being cute and weird. <laughs> but the sound guy, he messed it up. I didn't mess it up. It was computer error, not user error. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Silly computers. That, that sounds like an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Don't you hate when somebody says, like, that sounds like an excuse and you're like, it's just the facts. Like, there is, there are, in fact, situations where you don't have control over them. I ran out of gas. That sounds well, like that's, an excuse. That does sound like an excuse. What? That, that's like, you could have prepared for that. <laughs> they're, all, you could have. they're all excuses. Well, yes, but excuses. I mean, if if you truly have, like, a malfunction that you couldn't have prepared for, then oh, yeah. then that's not something, like, how would you control that? Like, you can't. But a gas situation... Well, if you'd been paying attention, you could have gotten I like the ride that thing to two miles left in the tank. Me too. I know that's not good for your car, but... No. My dad says you get more um, mileage if you don't let it go under half tank. Ah. That's what he always taught me. I don't listen. I don't think that's true. I think he just didn't want you to run (laughs) out of gas. He just didn't want you to run out of gas, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hey, speaking of stories, uh, I ran out of gas once on my way to a listing appointment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you were late. It sounds like an excuse. That was like 100% obviously my fault. And but the, I don't think you realized that it was oh, gas I, at the time. Oh, I didn't. I ha- I thought I broke down, which um that can happen. Like you can be so busy with life that you don't notice something simple. Still could have been prevented though, and it could have been prevented by me creating correct time blocks to like be proactive in my life. But I um, came in with the gas tank. Sabah Kayla came to my rescue. Uh, and we filled up and then I reset the appointment and I took the listing. So <clears throat> it all worked out, <laughs> uh, on my new, so I have a new car this year and the gas tank isn't really prevalent on the screen and you have different settings, you know, you can turn yeah. to the, so it looks different and every single one of them, it's not as prevalent as my previous car. So I have come pretty close a couple times since I've had the new car because all of a sudden I'll look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I only have 10 miles left. <laughs> yeah. This is my first car where I can see how many miles I have left. Yeah. Because my last Before two cars. Was, I think nothing. it's, I think it's better. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's an interesting debate. But I think oh. it's better to see. Oh, no. <laughs> Our dog just ran right into a fence. <clears throat> so Patrick's going to go check on the dog. <laughs> what were you saying? It's better to not have the mileage. I kind of like just the the little, what what would you call it? A little uh, the arm. arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? It's just a little arm. I think it it's be better. Like- to have it the arm because then you 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 have to fill it up. You're not going to take as much risk with it mm-hmm. necessarily because if it says ten miles, I'll be like, I can get there and back. Yeah, today that's and, true. And then I run the risk of well, I did get there and back, but now I have to fill up in the morning. And if I don't remember to wake up a little bit early to fill the tank, so it's all about being proactive to prevent situations that you know, cause you to be late to a listing. In so many areas of life and not just real estate. Well, I think that this is not what the topic of the show is today, but I definitely think I've gotten better over my life of being that way and just naturally planning ahead and Mm -hmm. looking at, even when I wake up in the morning, 
after I have my coffee because um, morning times are for coffee and contemplation. <laughs> it's um, in the calendar, guys. <laughs> it is. That's what my <laughs> calendar says. Uh, after I have my first coffee, I take a minute and look at what the day brings and think about what else I need to do. And most of the time, I'll also do it the night before. So those moments where it's like, well, I need to stop to get gas or I need to do that, that's already planned for. Um, but that that took years of of mistakes and having those issues where you break down on the side of the road and say, okay, that's never happening again. I think I'm lucky because you had to go through all the trials and errors and failures to teach me to do it the right way because <laughs> I've learned a lot faster to that's, be p- prepared. Yeah. I'm not like totally there yet, but I've gotten better at being prepared for things. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the good part about finding somebody like I wouldn't change anything in my real estate career. Um, I have no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. That's how I live my life. No regrets. Um, I wouldn't change anything. But there is a benefit to having a mentor or somebody um, that you can learn from. And I never, I was always a lone person. Like, I, I like being alone. I like figuring things out on my own. But that definitely sets you back a few years <laughs> because you do things and there's trial and error. Mm-hmm. And so when you join a team, like like what you're talking about, when you join a team and you have that person to say, listen, I've already done that before and it didn't work out, that's valuable. It, yeah. can, it can traject your career. And Not to- just that it didn't work out, but this is why it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Like giving solid and reasons s- for things. You know, it's like... And sometimes people don't listen. That's part of... That's, That's part of figuring out and learning how to coach mm-hmm. is more about asking questions so that they self-realize the the things that could happen instead of just faster telling than, them. Faster than trying and failing and trying and failing and then coming to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can kind of guide them. I Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I almost got on a tangent that could have taken over the entire <laughs> episode for another time today on Seeking the Best. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about crazy people. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I used to I have said even yesterday I said like I think like sometimes I have thought that crazy people are just attracted to me and they because I'm so detail oriented like the crazy people want to work with me but I have realized that it's not that at all it's that just everybody is crazy everyone is I almost everybody. got t-boned yesterday and he got mad at me because he ran the stop sign <laughs> exactly like, what's wrong with you example of just crazy people irrational illogical crazy people Mm -hmm. it's why every year that goes by i hoard a little bit more money away so that eventually (laughs) we can be uh off the grid and if i just didn't have to talk to a single person if i could have a big concrete wall up around a property yeah then and i didn't have to talk to anybody then that would be the perfect Perfect setup. Perfect setup. A greenhouse. I do have, you know, growing, growing food in a greenhouse (laughs) and just uh, everything on solar and and just uh, off the grid. Ron Swanson, guys. Off the grid away from everybody. Yeah, (laughs) that would be my ideal situation. I often have those days where I say that or I'm. But I here's the thing about real estate is it's a constant problem to solve. And I really enjoy solving problems. So that's how I look at my job and my career. And so I enjoy that part of it. And then on a a rough day where you're dealing with a lot of crazy people, because as we said, everybody's crazy, um, that you end up in in that mode of like, if I could just move to the middle of nowhere and not talk to anyone, 
That would be amazing. Mm. I already start there. <laughs> wakes up and says. That's where I start the day is I wish I, is that. So by the end of the day. You're solidifying. I'm, yeah, you... I'm on, I'm on uh, realtor.com like looking for <laughs> acreage. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're going to talk about crazy people and um, some crazy situations and stories and it's just about like if I could go back or do things differently or what what could we do? The, what would we do? <laughs> That's already exhausted thinking about it. Uh, so this is our podcast and this is what we do on a constant basis and why we created this podcast called Seeking the Best. It, we're constantly trying to seek out the best in ourselves and figure out how to deal with these personal and professional hurdles. And I am Catherine Stelgis. Across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. Our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. And Patrick is not in real estate directly, but he has learned a lot through osmosis. And he definitely knows about all of the crazy stuff that goes on. Because mm. what happens when you're done with a work day? You go home mm. to your spouse and mm. partner and say, listen to me. What in the world is wrong with people? <laughs> yep. So one of the things that sparked this uh, this idea was something that was a question question from the web pat can you read that oh, one yeah. yeah because this is what got me thinking about like just a cra- crazy circumstances and then all of the different things that came to mind when he read this okay it's um i'm a new agent end of my first year my client the buyer found a fisbo he's in love with the place the seller does not want an agent i want to make m- my client happy so here we are We all discussed the PSA, agreed. I wrote it up and sent it in for signatures. Seller calls me today very upset that the expiration date doesn't match the day that he's signing. I try to explain that it's okay if he signs before the offer expires. He starts screaming. I'm frantically trying to tell him I can rewrite the offer. He keeps screaming into the phone, don't interrupt me. I'm not sure if he could hear me over himself, but I shakily said, we should only communicate via email, and I hung up. I know I should have thicker skin and not let Ray's voices scare me. I'm working on it. I texted him apologizing for the miscommunication and said I was just trying to be helpful. I want everyone to be happy. He's now basically refusing to sign by just not signing, even though he's adamant that he now that he now doesn't want me to rewrite the offer and that everything is fine. Uh, do you have any advice on how to handle this? Okay. So that... Crazy. Wait. So the, the expiration date wasn't the day he's signing, right? So, right. so they. So, for example, the expiration date is on Friday, and she sent it over on Wednesday. Yes. You just got to sign by Friday, guy. Right? Yeah. Well, he, he didn't understand. He didn't understand. He didn't get that. And he, okay. Yeah. And he lost his mind. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so this is why we don't like fist bumps. He's like, this isn't the date. This isn't the date. <laughs> this is two days from now. And it's like that's okay. You can sign it today. Yeah. It just it doesn't has to be change before. anything. And 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 she said and like. They, he said, he kept screaming into the phone, "Don't interrupt me." So he wasn't listening to. And the he's already a fisbo. He already didn't want to work with agents. Yeah, you know, like all of this stuff. It's going off. And, but then you have from- a buyer who maybe you've been showing houses to. Things haven't been, you know, offers have been declined or that whatever. You're like on, you know, you're you're the backup offer over and over and over. And then all of a sudden they see this fisbo and they're like, "This is the house." So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so first thing that comes to mind, though, is this is the thing with for sale by owners is that oftentimes they have chosen to 
list their home themselves because they've got to screw loose. <laughs> well, you have, I know for a fact that you, when, when FISBOs come up, when you have a buyer and there's a FISBO, um, you have things that you say to kind of set expectations right from the beginning that this isn't, this may not be easy or something to that effect because it is a FISBO. Well, they, because why? Because they don't have any representation. So that guy didn't have anyone to explain and go over a contract with him. So the buyer's agent sent it over and assumed that the guy would just sign. Well, he doesn't know what he's signing and, and loses his mind over something that sounds so stupid and, and minor. Now, that's just an example of a crazy situation. So what could you do to prevent that or overcome that? So I don't know. Because it sounds do like you... Do a listing agent's job and provide explanation ahead of time, knowing that you well, have to and should? Yeah. So what yeah, I so probably would have done... For your half... You know, that's that's the thing, is you end up doing the listing agent work. Well, that's what I that's probably would have done naturally. Of course. Naturally. <laughs> Sorry. That's from something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's from. Um, sometimes little quotes come to mind and I don't remember what they're from, but they make me laugh. And you called me weird. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, though, I would have outlined the offer package just like I would to the buyer, mm -hmm. to this guy, and then called and set, and set a time to go over it. Even though it's not my job, I would have known through experience that I want this to go smoothly and this person doesn't know what they're doing and they don't have representation. So the best case scenario for the buyers is for me to kind of act as that guy's agent only in terms of um, explaining things Yeah. so that we can get do through you, those steps. Do you have the, do you call, okay, I have the buyers, I have the, I'm representing the buyers and they want to put in this offer on this FISBO. Do I call that guy first before I just send in? Oh yeah, for and, sure. And have some sort of conversation. Like now this said that this is a newer agent at the end of their first year. So we can make the assumption that maybe anywhere from four to eight sales under their belt, maybe less. Um, did they just they met, maybe that's the advice is you need to get on the phone when you're when you've got a fisbo and have a conversation with the owner to be able to prep your buyers for the whether or not this person is a lunatic or this person oh they actually used to be a realtor and, oh that doesn't well, matter I know that I <sighs> don't get me started believe me, believe me <laughs> I I know that or they are a realtor they or what whatever it happens to be or these people are smart it seems like they seem normal well there's blah, 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 a all of those things it's like you can tell in five minutes whether or not you've got um, a normal person who knows how to have an a uh, adult conversation or if you have you know, a guy who has handmade keep out signs out front of this house. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yes. Um, and you would have talked to the person in advance. And there is a tactful way to to tell your buyers that um, this person's crazy. Yeah, there's a tactful way to, to tell them asking. that. And, and to set the expectation with the buyer like, hey, you know, when we deal with for sale by owners, they don't have any representation and they don't understand the process. And so oftentimes there can be confusion and 
unrealistic expectations on their part. And so this may not work out. I know you love it. I'm going to do everything I can to make this work. But I just want you to know this person, I've already talked to him once and he does definitely doesn't understand what steps need to happen. So I'm going to have to really hold and try to move things along. And it may not it may not go over. Right. So we'll we'll work on this and I'll keep sending you houses for sale. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, in that situation, and we don't always know the whole story, right? Like there there could have been something said or something that that wasn't I know, clear. but sometimes these old guys, it's like they just want to spit in a handshake. Like, yeah. Like that's not how it used to be. That's not how we, when I bought this house, that's not how it was. And it's like, all right, well, you know. It's well, like, one of the expectations I definitely set with people is tip. I didn't re- real quick. I didn't read the very end of this. It says I was thinking maybe he's having a hard time with technology and it would just be easier to rewrite the offer print and take take someone with me and get an ink signature. So that says to me, old dude, old guy. <laughs> Right. Prob- Potentially. Yeah. Well, problem with technology. That's that's what that's kind of saying to me and stuff. And um, so there you go. You know, that's that's a, that's another. No, he's little... going to throw something at you. Don't do it. Well, that's why I said bring, bring someone, someone with me. Yeah. He's going to throw it at them, too. Well, I mean, yes, yes, you can definitely do that. And maybe that should have been asked in the first place of like we Yes, we do electronic signatures, and for the ninety nine point nine nine percent of people, that's it. There's no other option. But is if there anything some, easier than DocuSign? Some people really struggle. I know that's what but I mean. Do I understand that, why? No, no. There's a big yellow thing. You just hit. You just keep hitting the, the go the yellow arrow yeah. over and over again. You don't have to sign anything. It adopts your a signature for you. It's super easy. Well, it doesn't let you continue until you do it. Like yeah. to the next page. I know, but so. If if that was something, though, if you're dealing with someone that you don't know, you should ask them in advance, like, OK, so the buyers would like to write an offer and, you know, how would you like me to send this to you? <laughs> I can send it as a PDF and you can print it out and scan it back to me. I can um, send you a printed copy <clears throat> or I can uh, send it via DocuSign or, you know, I'd probably put DocuSign first and, and play up how easy and, and how it will benefit them. Because that's the easiest way to do it. But that's that's the thing. Like, was there any understanding of of how this would go for that person? They don't know what they're doing. So you do have to take a little bit of extra care. And and then when somebody's yelling at you. So one of the things I do when somebody gets emotional is try to just let them like finish it out (laughs) wear themselves out just wear yeah just let them wear themselves out she does a really good job at it I do my best some there have been times where I've been like heated in the moment and gone back to them it's usually with another agent (laughs) um yeah it's not I I don't couldn't eat I all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients you've had over the years I don't think you've ever like gotten lost your cool with a client so I think we talked about, just as an example, I think we talked about um, this in another uh, episode where talk about irrational, crazy behavior that I sent an offer for a buyer and to another agent with a certain acceptance date and the agent went crazy. Mm-hmm. About, I can't believe you sent it with that acceptance date. I forgot about this one. And... 
I had no idea why they were so upset because we had literally had a conversation the day before that he would present the offer that next day. So why wouldn't I put an acceptance date for that? He thought that the acceptance date was too close to when you were sending over the offer. Yeah, what he was saying. And, and, and it's not problematic. Just well, so change it. So yes, yeah, so change it if you need more time. Change it, um, or whatever. But anyways, irrational behavior from an agent who does understand how this works. I, I write an offer based on what the buyer wants to present. The buyer wants a response tomorrow. We discussed it. You said you would present the offer. Now maybe circumstances changed and you don't have time and you're upset about it. But to to react that way is nonsensical Mm -hmm. and yet it happens and so all that you can do in that moment is just kind of take a step back let them wear themselves out and try to come to a a mutual understanding of how we can move forward so it's like that one agent who threatened a title agent with the bus Oh gosh, I forgot about that one. Let them run it out. I didn't interject whatsoever. There was something about running someone over with a bus that an agent said to a title person. What I don't know. Mm -mm. Um, That person, maybe I shouldn't go into so much detail, but that person we were pretty sure uh, enjoyed the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was at two thirty a.m. when it came through. So don't send emails in the middle of the night. No, no, no. Drunk text. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So anyways, people act irrationally and the best thing you can do in the moment is is kind of let them let them vent, let them wear themselves out and then try to reach back out to them. And one of the things I said with the agent who um in in, in my example was that was not meant to be offensive in any way. They just were going out of town and were hoping to have a response. They're really excited about things. And so, as you can imagine, they they were hoping to find out before they left town and, and kind of went went dark or whatever, you know. And um, so anyways, people act crazy. So I'm going to go through some other examples. <laughs> well, you wanna, let's take a quick break. And oh, okay. then we'll get back and you can do all of your examples. Well, OK, okay. that's fine. Let's take a break. OK. The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Oh, that was a fast break. Hmm. I didn't have time to do anything. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to go through some examples because I feel like we have probably some of the crazy examples that I can think of. Um, a lot of them happened over the last couple of years <laughs> and because there's such uh, tight inventory that it produced a lot of emotional. Yeah, a lot of anxiety. Yes. People get nervous and so a lot yeah so a lot of crazy irrational stuff happened in two in the last two years but over my 16 year career I've definitely got the other crazy stuff which I've probably mentioned a couple of them on this uh, show before Um, but the the one thing that happened most recently that it, it it is beyond my 
wildest dreams is that we had a, a contract that was contingent upon the sale of a buyer's property. And the buyer, the buyer's buyer was cash and they were scheduled to close. Everything was on track as far as everybody knew, as far as I was told. And then that their buyers just didn't show up to closing. Just like vanished. Yeah, if I remember right, they went to they went to the walk they went to the walkthrough, and then, and then didn't go to closing. Didn't. didn't tell anyone. Didn't answer anyone's calls. Just ghosted. Just ghosted, ghosted their agent. Ghost, ghosted the lender. Ghosted everybody. Everybody. And they were supposed to be at the signing. Yep. That day. And. I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I'm like, I hope they're okay. Like something could have legitimately happened to them. And I don't have all the information because I work with yeah. the seller. So I don't know what happened in the walkthrough yeah, or blah, blah, blah. You work with the seller and this is the buyers of your buyer's house. Mm-hmm. So you're two realtors removed. Yeah. So, well, two realtors removed. Well, I mean, I work yeah. with the other yeah, agent. You don't but... control that buyer. Oh, true, and true, you true. don't control that. Your buyer. Right, right, agent. right. Right. Well, let's just put it this way. We don't control anyone. <laughs> and there's still I feel like there's still things that that you can do or think about to prevent those situations. That particular one is I'm still baffling it because it's so fresh and raw. <laughs> it's so raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're working it out, figuring out a solution. That's what we do. Right. Like I can't control the crazy manic behavior of buyers in today's society. What I can control is figuring out a solution to get things back on track for people. So that's that's what we worked on doing. Um, but those that situation, I the very next day, there was an email in my inbox that said it was like from National Association of Realtors, and it says um, an increasing number of buyers cancel contracts. I don't know if you saw that, Caleb. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to read the article, but I was like, well, no, no doy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's because we're in the, now we're in this market where things might be shifting a little bit. So people are acting irrationally. Sure. Now, I don't know that that was the circumstances on this because it was a cash deal. It wasn't tied to interest rates or right, anything like financing that. financing of any kind. But I think that's, that's what they were implying is like people right. are, people are scared. They're fearful. And what do we know that people, emotions make you act like logic makes you think, emotions make you act. That's from Bold and probably a million books <laughs> and other other things. But so if emotions make you act, then knowing what's going on in the client's head throughout the process is kind of important. Sure. And so I was thinking about this this particular situation and like, again, you can't control the other agent's client because you don't have direct communication with them. So you're only you're only as good as the information you're provided. So people we check in every day and people are like, "Yep, everything's on track." And you have and to And it was. They went all the way to these people went all the way they to went the walk. They went to through. the walk Who does that by the way? Like that's insane. And there wasn't anything wrong. Like they didn't go to the walk through and uh there was a big hole in the wall or the the people took all the light fixtures or any it was perfectly fine. As for, as far as we're told. As far as we're told. And yeah. also as far as we know He's seen the house before, or is this the first time he's seen the house? Oh, the cash that we buyer? don't know, mm-hmm. right? So, um, that's yeah, true. that's, didn't that's even think about that. I didn't think about that either. And but if we were so to be more they closer, put, they put an offer in sight unseen. Yeah, and went then through inspections. This is the first, the, yeah, the, uh, went, 
went through the inspections and all of that, but never saw the house and then walked in and said, yeah, especially no. in this market where you're paying in cash, I think people could have easily said, nah, this is actually isn't perfect exactly what we want more houses staying on right now and yeah and we and there there's not gonna be as much competition maybe we back off of this and wait and you know who knows who who knows yeah we don't we're this is all speculation but i think when i think about well how can i prevent that from ever happening with somebody that we're working with is um a couple things like keeping them engaged along the way and making sure they're still excited. Like mm-hmm. those check-ins are really important. I know cash sales, they seem easier because um, there's not as many steps in the process, mm-hmm. but it could really, it could be pretty easy for someone to lose interest from day seven. Let's say they have a seven day inspection period from day seven to if it's a 30 day close mm-hmm. to day 30 a lot of stuff could take place during that three week period that if you as the buyer's agent representing those people aren't checking in with them and and gauging their like mental state, (laughs) there's a lot that could change and happen in their circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like, And if you've got cash, if you're a cash buyer and it's not, let's just get rid of like the trusts or the the corporations and just talk about normal people and stuff. It's like, oh, I've got, let's just say, 800 grand in cash and it's like I put the offer in and then yeah I decide I don't want that I'm gonna go buy this one instead it's real easy to just back out because you didn't invest a bunch of you don't have to talk to lenders and do all this other stuff you just and if it was a situation like what Kayla's saying like where it's a sight unseen and stuff you don't have any you know it's like there's no you didn't have to go through the pro this long process of credit checks and and talking to banks and talking to percentages of of interest rates and all of those things like that's all that's all there's no investment of time in that so you it's just super need one easy, bank statement versus all easy. the dots all you have to worry about is getting your escrow back if you care about it and uh or and not getting sued you know like those are the it's like well and, if you take it that far and let me just say like i'm as i told kayla yesterday I'm not a litigious person. I don't think that lawsuits are the answer to most things. And but I do think that in situations where um somebody ha- writes a contract and then they don't go through with that contract. Yeah. It's like that is what the contract is for. Yeah. You Otherwise, should be why sued. Have a contract? Why have a contract? Why not just have a spit in a handshake, right? It's to establish that we're going to do this and we're going to do this on this date and that I can move on with my life, pack up my moving truck, move on with things and make an offer on another place, put escrow on the other place and do all of these things knowing that you're going to perform with what you agreed to. And so for somebody to just not show up, I I don't know, I would have a really hard time not suing them. Yeah. Yeah. In that situation, yeah, yeah. and Especially I and I don't the packing and I know, moving and that's not the way that's not the type of people we are. But no. that, in that situation, I'd be like, you know what? I like, don't care if we have to hold off and not relist the property. Like you guys are going down. Yeah. <laughs> um, this it's just. But back to back to what I was saying is, I wonder in that the other agent, like how much were they in communication mm-hmm. throughout that transaction? And it's no judgment on them. They could have been every single day, and these people could have still. Uh, just screw- flipped a switch. Yeah. Yeah, but you're looking for some sort of sanity in in 
irrational decisions. Maybe they saw so something what better. appears to us as irrational decisions, there has to be something along the way that causes that to happen. So you're but just there, trying there to find... But there does, right? Yeah. Because so you don't just change your mind about buying a house. You just don't. Like, you, so maybe they saw something else. That's what I was thinking. That it, was priced better, was priced better or because, bigger or whatever they were really those, looking for. From when they that offer went in to the walkthrough, interest rates went up twice within yeah. that span. Yeah, but they weren't, they were cash I No, I know that. Yeah. But. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Offer, not as many offers being made on other properties. Prices uh, not continuing to go up at the speed in which they were. Uh, maybe we people uh, the the sellers are a little spooked. I like this house a little bit more. If they keep our escrow, we're still getting this other house for a much better deal. It's worth losing the escrow and going over here. We just have to avoid being sued. They're not going to sue us. That's a pain in the ass. They want to move into their new house. Yeah, they're not going to do that. That's this is the things that these buyers are kind of going working out in their head. Possibly. Mm-hmm. There's definitely, I could see situations. What I don't understand and what is, I think, crazy and is to ghost, to ghost your own agent, to ghost everybody and just not call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's, that is crazy to do that to somebody. Who would do that to somebody? Like, well, that, so that, like what a, what a horrible, horrible human being you are to do that to somebody like, like that person was working with you and for you for all and to have absolutely no scruples whatsoever and just say, screw it. I'm not going to talk to them. Oh yeah. my God. What were you going to say? Well, I think what, what makes this situation so crazy is that he ghosted one and then also he tried to say that the sellers were at fault in that situation and that yeah. he can walk off scotch free. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I think that's what caused for us to believe that there is some sort of insanity here. Like Well, some, and and that's what something's I was, loose. I was oh, that leads me to my next comment. Um sometimes I think we mistake crazy for like intentional actions, right? Like maybe we we think it's crazy, but maybe it was premeditated that they were not wanting to move forward. And instead of going and being like what we would consider a normal human being and going and talking with your agent, trying to figure out like, how can I get out of this because we don't want to move forward? Instead of doing that, um, they went to the walkthrough and then didn't show up. But maybe it was intentional to go look for some way to try to get out. To get out of it. And And, and who knows? We don't know enough and we don't know. They might have approached their agent and said, we want to get out of this. And the agent said, you can't. We're yeah. past the inspection period. It's like that's it. I have had situations. So I'll 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 say I, I've had. I recall one situation. I've had deals fall through over the years, but one situation where somebody said to me um, at the last minute, like literally after we're leaving the walkthrough and we're headed, like we're about to head to the closing, that they didn't want to move forward, and I I was like, <laughs> what? Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> <laughs> it was so shocking. And I, so I said, if you are a, wanting to cancel a contract, I'm going to have to put you in touch with an attorney. Is that what you want me to do? And, and instead of going to closing and closing mm-hmm. on the house that we've been under contract to for 30 days and that, or actually it was more, it was more than that. Um, and that you're excited about up till 
two minutes ago. Two minutes ago, you want me to put you in touch with an attorney so that you can attempt to cancel this contract. Is that what you want me to do? And then there was kind of a, no, I guess not. <laughs> and then we moved. And then I was like, okay, so then let's head to the closing office. And we did. And I think if I remember correctly, there was like a couple appliances missing. What was irrational in the moment was that those appliances were garbage and they were going to be trashed anyways. Mm -hmm. But it was the fact that that the audacity of the seller to take them out of the house Mm -hmm. was enough to put somebody over the edge to potentially try to cancel a contract that they could be sued for, lose their escrow, (laughs) screw over multiple people over garbage yeah one of those old one of those beat up old stoves with the coil burner on yep. it that doesn't sit right on i don't all, even think it, that like, thing you know what i mean and it's like all uh, it's all rusted out on the under the pans and under the yeah the, the <laughs> silver whatever those things are they're all rusted out and stuff and it's like that thing is worth nothing it's going to cost more to get that hauled away than what it's worth two of the burners don't work like yeah you're replacing it anyway and you're gonna just th- throw just people yeah. So in that moment, now that's, are you guys seeing why I wake up every morning <laughs> and want to move into the middle of nowhere? But in that moment, that that was a long time ago, and so I think if I think back to it, like what would I do differently now? I think I would ask more questions. I don't know. Yeah, but that was I. I don't know. I think you handled it just right. Well, <laughs> like, I still would. I still would one hundred percent say if you, you want to cancel a right. contract, I can't help you yeah, with just that. Tough, tough. You don't have any yeah. contingencies left. So if you want to do that, like let's go call an attorney. And you can get that process started. That's the only way to do it. Mm. I can't do that for you. Um, And so I still would say that. But I think I would ask more questions. Because in the moment, I was assuming that if I think back on that, I was assuming it was because of the appliances being gone that it like triggered a switch. It might have been something completely Well, they might have already been on the edge Yeah. anyway. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I guess I have to. And like you're pushing them and their, their heels are dug in and you're just kind of pushing them <laughs> into the place and stuff. And well, then, and it was, it was a very long closing and a lot that that's the other thing where I talk about buyer engagement throughout the process. People have the buyer's remorse is a real thing mm-hmm. and people can, they can change their mind overnight when you're writing the offer. So if they can do that, imagine what happens after they sign their loan paperwork and right. they're like, oh my gosh, are we really going to pay at this interest, this interest rate? rate? Are we really going to pay, you know, $2,500 a month? We bought our house. In, yeah. They're saying the house that they're selling that they sold, they, they bought six years ago and their interest or eight years ago and their interest rate was 2.85 and now they're walking in and they're, they up, they got a bigger house and a nicer house, which jacked up their payment. And now their interest rate is 6.2. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what's this payment? Well, and so that's the thing with, we can have the money to redo the floors in here now. Like, and they're already, they're just, yeah. And it's like, you can tell, I think throughout the process, you can kind of tell, if people are still engaged uh, again, cash is a little bit harder unless you're intentionally checking in with them, which you should. But on uh, you want those uh, those buyers that are constantly calling you and saying, "Hey, could, is there any way we can get back into the house to do some measuring?" Right, right. Because those are the people that are like, yeah, no, you ready said, to go. Yeah, when you you're like, oh, again, I got to go back over to that house. The people who want to see the house multiple times throughout the process are mm-hmm. the people who want that They're, place. Yeah, they are motivated to get that place, and and those are the people that aren't going to back out at the last second. So, but it's also think about that. Um, 
maybe it's worth, if you think you're getting sort of like weird vibes, it's worth just asking like, hey, how are you guys feeling about this? Are you excited? uh, Yeah, we've talked about that before. I think that that's very important to do. Uh, on both sides, yeah. but especially with your buyers to to really kind of get a temperature gauge uh, throughout every major process every yeah. or major step that you take. Just check in, see, you know, where's your excitement level? Just see where it's at, what's going on. So in um, a luxury mastermind that I went to during family reunion, um, Keller Williams family reunion, not my personal. We don't talk real estate at a personal family reunion. Um, well, yeah, that's not true. That's not true, but, <laughs> but we're not it's luxury masterminds to talk about. But there was um, there was a conversation about little gifts at major uh, points in the process. Mm, yeah, and and so and, and in a luxury situation, maybe a little gift makes sense. But in the the, I think the point of that conversation though is to keep the engagement and excitement. Mm-hmm. So when you cross a hurdle, like we got through inspections, yeah. sending a little gift or in a regular price point, just calling them and mm-hmm. saying, oh, "Okay, I'm so glad we got through inspections. Mm-hmm. I know you guys probably have a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. Like, what's um what's the next step? Do you if need you had, uh, admin? If you're out there and you have admin and um. Kayla, write this down. Um, (laughs) One of the things that you could very easily do is, oh, we made it through inspections. Send out the congratulations note card, right? That says, congratulations, you made it through. Put it in the mail that day so that it gets there tomorrow and stuff. Same through the process. Just keep reading. Now, the phone call is important and everything, but it's just one extra little touch. Oh, congratulations congratulations you know and then when they close of course they get their congratulations they get their gift and stuff and then they get it put into our vip program and everything but throughout the process your offer was accepted congratulations here's a little note card the next step is you went got through inspections congratulations right i think that too i don't think that that's too much to ask especially it's too much to ask if you're a single agent trying to do it all yourself but if you do have admin, Is it's it to though? set up the system. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like if you're trying to get to that next level where you can hire somebody, maybe you are you should be spending more time lead generating to where you can get do all of the things that you want to do. But if you have a, have an admin, it's just a matter of setting up the system. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's uh, no, like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... that's. Do you write that down, Kayla? <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's got her notes. Um the point is, is you're checking in with people and feeling mm. out their temperature, yeah, so to speak, uh, because things do change. They, they cool off. All that excitement might be waning. Maybe something changed in their life during the process. Like the they um, any any number of things. Imagine if you found out you were pregnant. And you were buying your first home and it was only a two bedroom little like <laughs> right. 500 square, like, no. 600 square foot little bungalow. And like that could legitimately change somebody's circumstances. And they may not want to just go tell you because there's like things they're they're figuring out and right. stuff. And they and people feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you some know. people do. Some people, I think. Right. Are. Some people don't. Right. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, people act irrationally. And the best you can do is just try to understand I love the the one of the Keller Williams um, the uh, what, what's it called the Y four C two T's. Is it one of the Y four C two T's? Okay, I don't know. Was Phoebe there? <laughs> Was Phoebe there? <laughs> Parks and Rec. Uh, par- nope, that's yeah, that's uh, 
was it Parks? Oh yeah, it is Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the, the the come from curiosity, like ask questions. That whole mentality that that I think I've learned through being at Keller Williams is so important in every real estate transaction to understand what people are thinking so that you can help them. Because for example, if if somebody's feeling right now, if there's a buyer out there right now that's feeling uncertain because uh, they went under contract 30 days ago and the interest rates have gone up again. And even though they're locked in, they they see the prices dropping. They see the market shifting. And that's what I was saying might be happening with this other thing. And they, right? and they see that they might be really kind of concerned. And so wouldn't you rather have a conversation with them and know that so you can say, well, you know, has your personal financial situation changed? No. Okay. So this but this monthly payment you can afford and you're com- you were comfortable with. You're locked in at a great rate. You have a great house in the neighborhood that you wanted. So what is the best alternative solution? Well, I guess there isn't one. Well, like cuz that's that's um that's the thing. Like so if you don't move forward with this house, what's the best next step? Well, I guess you could wait and buy something next year. Like this is I'm playing right. devil's advocate. Um I guess you could back out, screw over the seller, um lose your escrow and wait for a year to see if the prices come down. And what if they don't? Right. There's Oh, and we've like we've already said to explain to people, prices aren't going to go down. They're just not going to go up with the speed in which they've gone up. Yeah. But do not expect prices. They might hover. They might. You might see a drop here and there, a blip. But if you're going to try to chase that, you're going to be behind all the time. Like you're not going to be able to come swooping in and on on a blip where where a house one particular neighborhood in one particular street uh, a house price goes down twenty thousand dollars and you're going to swoop it. Like if you're if you think that you know what I mean, it's like it's just what they're telling you is I don't understand the way this works. <laughs> I love and you have to explain it to them. I love super detailed people because um, or like math people because it's really they act more on logic. Right. And so I can just really easily demonstrate. OK, so if we waited a year, um, how much would you be paying in rent? Mm-hmm. And that's just all money you're just throwing away. Right. Like you're not putting any money towards the equity. mortgage. Yeah. And, and building equity. So. Then if the prices went down, well, like how much do you think the prices would go down over the year? Right. Like get them to say something. Well, maybe they went down like 10%. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen. And if they did. Say realistically, it would be 3%. And and let's see if they did go down to this and the mortgage rate was the same. Mm -hmm. Here's what you'd be paying. Is it worth waiting a year and throwing away? a $30 difference in your mortgage payment. And and well, losing a year's worth of rent. Right. I saw somebody post the other day, and these are the kind of things where again, this only works with people who are or logic based people. Yeah. It only works with people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, where this guy posted though, uh, oh, I wish I had the exact numbers, but it was like just being a just by owning a home and paying down your principal every month. You're like you you're building equity. Yeah. Just by paying down your principal. So even if the prices don't increase over the next year, as a homeowner, you still built equity because instead of giving that money to your landlord, you put it towards the principal balance of that loan. Mm -hmm. Therefore, building equity between the price of the home and your mortgage amount. 
But so for most people, though, they're like, yeah, but I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll sleep on it. Uh, we'll, we'll take we'll take it as a sign. Oh, that's one of my notes on here. Um, don't so take it as a sign. I don't need, I don't know how you deal with it when you hear people say that kind of stuff. It's insane. To me. Wait, how much time do we have left? Because <laughs> uh, you got like five minutes. OK, so I was going to say one of the things that people do all the time is that any little thing they will take as a sign. Mm. So if the seller is being particularly difficult in negotiations, the buyer will take that as a sign that they're not supposed to buy that house. Or what if they walk into the house and they see their the college that they went to? I went to Florida State. This person went to Florida State. It's, it's my dream. You home. live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but there's those little signs at the house. People do that all the time. And then there, but then there's the bigger parts throughout the transaction. People will use it if they're already feeling a little bit of buyer's remorse or or a little bit of uncertainty. Any little thing can is a sign. And um, and most of the time it's like, but this is this is just the normal process of buying a home. We have to go through inspections and you're going to find things that are wrong with this house. It was been standing here since right. 1950 it's or that, whatever. I forget what it's called. It's that thing where like, you know, if you have a if you drive a, a Volkswagen Jetta, you see Volkswagen Jettas everywhere. Yeah, it's it's that that's same. the reticular acculator. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> I think so. OK. So that's 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 all this is when people see signs and things. It's like they're it's like it's like a horoscope. It's like you're gonna see whatever you want to see if you put those co- rose those color glasses on. You're gonna say your everything you see is gonna be that. How you deal with that when you're talking about sometimes a you know half a million half a million dollar transaction or or a million dollar transaction and people are you might as well be talking about angels. You know what I mean? Like it's it that, that kind of stuff is like. Well, so people it, though correction. It's the bad deer. What is it? Bad deer main off phenomenon. Um, but I think your brain, the thing in your brain, is, is the what re- the reticular accelerator. I don't know what that means. It sounds like the flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you can fact check all of these things that we're throwing out at you. Um, but. People do though. People are they're looking for things. They're looking for reasons to either confirm to move forward right. or to confirm not to. Yeah. That's what they're doing every single day. So you just have to I think you just have to remember that when you're when you're talking with them. And you have to keep a certain energy level sure. with, with people. To a certain degree. Yeah, except if they go real negative, then you, well, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna mirror their negative. Yeah, no, I just mean like whether they're they are the type of people who are like, well, you know, we're going to we have to we're going to take this as a sign and everything is a sign and stuff. Then when something good happens, you can say, well, you can take that as a sign. <laughs> right. Like that kind of a thing versus you, if they are real analytical kind of numbers, people, you probably wouldn't use. Oh, well, that take that as a sign because they're going to be like, what? What are you talking about? Right. You know, so it's like when I say mirror, I don't mean like they're energy level I mean like just like their approach to life I guess or yeah. be aware at least be aware of it yeah you I mean. can pick up those cues um and l- listen out for those things like if they want to write a personal letter mm-hmm. if they want to if they if they say like oh this house is perfect because it's got this and it reminds me of my grandmother we had the exact same floors yeah right which is like yeah these floors are at home yeah. depot yeah um but but yeah. 
They're hardwood floors. If they, <laughs> they're 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 terrazzo. They're in every block <laughs> house from the nineteen from the nineteen fifties. <laughs> um, but if you hear those things, then you know that those are the people that are going to rely on emotions to drive their decisions. Right. So, so when something bad happens, then you got to prep. Yeah, prepare yourself for what's the positive thing that comes out of this, and what was their motivation to begin with, and how does that tie into that. So like I'll just I guess I'll just give a quick example that comes to mind it because inspections like even on as is contracts here in Florida people ask for stuff during inspections they just do it just the it's the way it goes and I'd rather them I'd rather it come on an as is contract than negotiate some inspection request before the inspection is done that doesn't make sense to me so the buyers do their inspections and inevitably they're like, well, I didn't know that, you know, the AC was a million years old. <laughs> okay. Probably better than a newer one. That's true. Uh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> but, um, but so, okay. And that is something that we, we didn't realize. It does seem to be operating properly. It seems like the sellers have maintained it. It's not really broken. So what, what are you thinking? Like what would make this a good situation for you? Well, I want the sellers to replace the AC. Okay. And so you've heard the saying, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. The seller isn't going to, this is setting expectations too, the seller is not going to be willing to replace something that is working. That's not even a repair request. So maybe they could give you a credit though towards one in the future when this one does finally stop working. And we don't know when that is going to happen it could be two years it could be five years so maybe we could ask for a credit request Mm -hmm. and then we'll work through logically like what's the fair amount for that and then let's go ask for that from the seller Mm -hmm. usually i'll buffer it a little bit and take it from a couple people that live a few people that live in florida when it comes to ac units the the idea that even like kayla hit the nail on the head i'd rather have an older one than a newer one which is true um Basically, the only thing that happens on an air conditioner are two things. The motor in the fan outside or a capacitor. Capacitor is like a couple hundred bucks to get fixed. New motor is like $500. That's it. They're, they're not a lot of moving parts. There's not a whole lot to it. It's like the idea that somehow uh, AC breaks and you have to rip the whole thing out and replace it is few and far between when that actually, that, that actually happens. And it's if you have an AC that's, you know, 15 years old, I would take the 15 or 20 year old AC over a brand new one any day of the week. So also being able to explain things to a certain degree, uh, that only comes with experience though. Well, and I think understanding like, okay, so if the seller is not willing to give you a credit, does that change how you feel about the house itself and the location and all the things that made you want to buy this house? is this still the house for you? Mm -hmm. And the AC is working. Would you still want to move forward? Like, I think it's, it's a good opportunity to check in on their, their, their feelings on things. Because if they're like, well, no, if the AC, if we can't get money towards the AC, we don't want to buy the house. Well, then you obviously aren't that excited about this house. Because that's one thing out of all of the the positives and it works. Yeah. Then they're telling you something else. Yes, that they're that they're not that excited about this house. Now I'm not saying like you try to back out, but then you at least you know where their their feelings are at. Mm-hmm. So then if you can negotiate a credit for the AC in an amount that, that makes them happy, 
well, that's a huge win. And you should bring that kind of energy to it. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I come back and I say, great news, Mm -hmm. the sellers agreed to give you a $5,000 credit. The AC, I'm just making up numbers here. The AC, we got the quote, it's $7,000. This thing is working. Mm -hmm. So you get a couple more years out of it. You've got a brand new AC and most of it's paid for by the seller. That's awesome. I'm super excited for you guys. Now you can get the house you want so you can move in. Your kids can jump in the pool, whatever, like tying it back to motivation and bringing excitement to the news that you that you got them something Mm -hmm. that they wanted. Versus, well, they're only doing 5,000. Yeah. Right, right, right. But but listen to that difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. That's what I'm saying. I, but I can, I've been well, I know, around real I know. estate long enough to hear other agents and how they present stuff. Also, I will say, um, I try. This is this is a little bit more into the negotiation side. But if you use the words like, I think the fair thing to do is to the buyers. You're setting up the expectation that if the sellers don't right. Take, it's not fair. Then it's not fair. And what does that create? An emotional reaction to something. Sure. Well, that's not fair. Yeah. So, yeah. Words matter, peoples. I think we ha- we have a podcast uh, podcast episode that's called Words Matter. Words Go matter. Go back and listen to that. Words matter. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. Hello, I'm a newer agent, four months in. How do you pick the leads that you spend time on or do you just talk to all of them hoping they turn into something? Also, do you get quality bot leads? Well, screw that one. Don't, don't, that last part isn't really, well, that's a whole episode. Oh, how do you get quality leads? Quality bot leads. Like oh, leads yeah, that you buy. So that's a whole other thing. You let's don't. Just answer, let's, you don't. Yeah, no, I'm just no, kidding. <laughs> there, yeah, you need lots and lots of money. Just, You're four months in, call your sphere. But anyway, um, the uh, yeah, so how do you how do you pick the leads that you spend time on or do you just talk to all of them hoping they turn into something? Like all I guess how do you try to uh, differentiate between a real lead, a hot lead, a future lead, uh you know what I mean? All the differences. Well, okay. So I think like most of the time when it's a newer agent, um, it's not like you're so overwhelmed with leads that you can't just call them all, first of all. So I think like when you join a team, a lot of teams have set up that you can't have more than 200 people in your um, like, or maybe it's 100, 100 or 200 uh, in your like not database, that's not the word exactly. I mean, but your like pool. in your in your pool of leads, you can't have more than 100 or 200 because it's too much for somebody to be following up with on a regular basis um, and doing their other thing of showing houses, writing offers, calling negotiating, your calling your sphere. So it, I, the reason I bring that up is to put that into perspective. If you don't have 100 to 200 leads, which as a new agent, you probably don't, then you shouldn't, really feel too bad about calling every single one because you don't if you don't quite know how to differentiate them then just call them all they all should be called anyways don't get me wrong but I'm just saying as a newer agent who cares just pick up the phone and call every single person that Mm -hmm. you have as a lead every day until you reach them on the phone and then you get more information from them so that you can decide how best to follow up from there yeah the amount of time that it would take you to decide whether or not this person is worth calling you could have called 
Yeah. Right. So we see that a lot of times with newer agents, right? They, they're before they start calling people, they're like, well, do these people even live here anymore? And do what, you know, and trying and looking them up on Facebook first and doing all of those things. Just call, just call them, just call every single one. It'll take you half the amount of time to call everybody than to look everyone up and see like, you know, all, all of those, all of those things. Yeah. And, and as far as differentiating them, as you get more and more people in your uh, database system, then it is important to have specific follow-ups based on their timeline. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how you kind of differentiate. So if somebody's timeline, timeline is, is, yeah, if somebody it, is right? ready to buy something in 30, 60 days, you should be setting an appointment anyways. Um, <laughs> what if they're ready? Well, I think we, yeah, this is a whole episode. Yeah. I'm just saying for the most part, a lead is a lead is a lead. Just call them, try to book an appointment unless they're like really far out, then you should have some sort of systematic follow-up to touch them over mm-hmm. that time period. Even if you're just setting reminders on your phone. Right. If you don't have a you CRM. Don't have a CRM yet, just set or put it in, tell Siri to remind you in, you know. 30 days from now to call the Jones family. Well, for I think the simplest thing to say is if you don't have a timeline for someone, um, obviously there's an eight by eight. That's the first, if you get a lead, you try to reach them eight times over the course of, it used to be eight weeks, I would say like eight times over like a week. (laughs) You try to reach them to get more information so that you can then determine what either set an appointment or set them on a long-term follow-up. So you do that first. And then once you're through the first couple weeks of follow-up, if you still haven't reached them on the phone to determine their timeline, Mm -hmm. just set a reminder for yourself once a month. Yeah. If you just do that, you would at least be communicating with them regularly. So if there's a need, you'll probably check in on them right when they're ready. So that's my advice. Small win. Kayla, do you got a small win this week? Yes. I had a nice Sunday sitting out by like Eola coloring in a coloring book. And was it hot music. out there? It was so hot. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I had... can't believe you went out there. I mean, I guess even in the shade, it's got to be 100 degrees. Well, I started in the shade, but then the sun moved a wee bit. So I had to pack everything up and move to a bigger spot of shade. I was like, this, I'm sweating while coloring in my coloring book. This should not be happening. No, you're just dripping off your forehead. Yeah, under the it was pages. bad. Oh, you got another couple months. But it was nice. That's nice. Uh, Catherine? Um, I think just small win would be, uh, so I've, I've kind of determined that if, on, if I just take like a Sunday or Saturday and if I just put it in my calendar as day off, nothing happens. <laughs> I just go about and do whatever needs right. to get done. But if we go and we leave the house mm-hmm. with plans, with plans that I'm more likely to actually take a little bit of time for myself. And so we had a nice little Sunday. I still did a couple of things in the morning, um, but then I closed my computer and we left for the for a good part of the day and, and just went and enjoyed ourselves. So, yeah. Just sometimes it's not even like, yes, you calendar for it, but you also need to just have specific. Yeah. Be more specific in your plans. And my small win is uh, we had our new washer and dryer put in. They scratched the hell out of our floors when they did it. Uh Um, And the guy uh, apologized and said, how much is it going to cost to fix these? I told him 500 bucks and he wrote us a check and put it in our mailbox today. Yeah. So which that is. How about that? Yeah, that is a big win. 
Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. All info is in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kale, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.